Hello team, it's Fab here, founder and head teacher at Alt Marketing School. I'm just nipping in quickly to let you know that a new cohort of our introduction to positive impact marketing is kicking off soon. This is a four day cohort based intensive experience where we're going to map the next steps in your marketing strategy. Together, we're going to build your brand Bible in pretty much three days. And then you're also going to be able to present it to us on day four. In three days only, you learn how to become an irresistible storyteller, narrow your audience's needs, and of create your personalized brand Bible. So if you want to craft a strong vision people want to root for, get expert feedback and implementations for a fraction of the price of working with an agency, then I recommend you join us because this live intensive experience only happens a handful of times a year. So you better be quick. If anything, you can actually look at the full curriculum and breakdown of the experience and how it's going to work out and hear from incredible people that did it right before yourself. If you want to find out more and actually get the whole tea, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash intro. I repeat, amschool.click slash intro, and you will be able to find out more about our live intensive introduction to positive input marketing. Hopefully, I'll see you there. In the meantime, on with the show. Hello, Squirrel friends, and welcome back to Alt Marketing School. And if you're listening to this today, you probably cannot visualize me, but you can see, imagine me like the little dog in the GIF drinking the coffee where everything is on fire and being really chilled. In a good way, though. It's good fire. It's cohort fire. But this is where I'm at. This is my vibe, is a happy fire and me just drinking a coffee calmly around it. Steph, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I would say I'm I feel like I'm more on the slightly less hot side of that visual. <laughs> to be honest, um, right before we recorded, I actually managed somehow to uh rope Steph in as one of our coaches as well for our accountability groups. So I feel like it's a win on my side. That's why I'm so calm drinking my coffee, because I know I've got amazing people around me that are gonna keep me sane. So thank you. You're welcome. I feel I'm a very multifaceted role. <laughs> a jack of all trades, as they say. You are a, a jackie of all trades and a master of many. That's what I'm going to say. And if anything, what I love about it is that people talk about their right-handed people and you're always going to figure out, yeah, what does that look like? And I'm like, yeah, I kind of know what mine looks like. It's just like, honestly all the strengths and I'm just kind of trying to find a way to get that support from that one person. Right now is also because um, I generally believe you're one of the people that best knows the cohort, the students, how things work as well. Plus, as some of us might remember, the background of Steph is actually being a nutrition coach as well. So actually, I think you have such a natural inkling when it comes to supporting people and help them with reflections. So I think it's also kind of harnessing the strengths of the people around you in the best possible way. Plus, she didn't run away, which means she's up for giving it a try. So, you know, yay. Yeah, no one can see the heavy shackle on my leg. <laughs> <laughs> but we can imagine it just as you're imagining me in the middle of the fires of the cohorts. But you know what, Steph? I'm joking because I'm actually really excited. We changed a lot of stuff. A lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's one of those things that I talked about at the beginning of the year is when it comes to doing something live, especially if it's a certification on our case where we really build up different skill sets that are all tied into marketing, you need to be able to evolve with the times and you need to be able to evolve with the way that people want to learn and the people are relating, relating, not relating, uh, relating with your content and also your the way that you teach them as well. And I think it was a realization when it came to how can we make this better based on the feedback of year one. And so this is why I'm excited because tomorrow we're going to start, we're going to welcome our amazing students. And we, the biggest thing we did was actually uh, putting the curriculum to eight weeks instead of six, which interestingly enough was something that a lot of people mentioned is just to give that processing time and also that learning time as well to really implement it too. Um, Also, we have accountability groups, which kind of goes back to that implementation. This is where, again, Steph and the Shackles come in, Uh, (laughs) which is, as I said, though, is actually going to be, in my opinion, really exciting because a lot of people have asked for that. And it was something that we had in cohort one. And then we had to wind down because we were not sure if it was working and because it was actually something that was re-suggested again, we realized that people actually would have appreciated that. So Honestly, be open to try things, especially as you're starting, because you are growing and evolving. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned when it came to your one of the certification. If you're not willing to try something, even if it maybe doesn't work, then you're never going to be able to get better at it. At least that's that's how I see it. No, I totally agree. And I, to jump on that, obviously, all jokes aside, I'm I'm very happy to be able to help others because obviously going through the cohort myself, I kind of have an understanding of like what goes on and what position some people might find themselves in and the questions that they might have. And as you said, I think we I think you are a perfect representation of actually what we teach through the school with we are trying different things. We are testing constantly and we're just, you know, we're not that much further ahead than everyone else. It's just we've learned things along the way and we're trying to just give those skills and those lessons to other people and they can take those. And then obviously that still evolves every single day as we as we learn and refine. Um, so the accountability, like, as you said, we tried it out and it worked. And I think it's that thing of then we took it out because we didn't know like what it was, like where the place of that was and then bringing it back on demand because there is really something, not only being accountable to the school and the teachers and yourself, but it's also being accountable to the groups that and the connections that you build in there. And you'll find obviously people that are, more relatable to you because they have similar experiences or they're in a similar spot um and then growing that those connection even after afterwards like once the cohort's finished and sort of keeping in touch and you know really supporting each other through those lessons and those fails which is never failing when you learn something from it i totally agree and what's really interesting that you also reiterated is that listening piece And the reason why I really love it is because another thing that really came up for us was the idea of introducing expert panels as a way and um, hot seats as well, where our students will have the chance to bring some campaigns they love and some frameworks that they love. And actually, we can discuss them together. And both of these ideas, which are going to, yeah, other updates um, that you can actually find in our release notes, by the way, I will put the link in the show notes if you want to see what we update and change and evolve. And it was a great reminder of how it's interesting to be able to bring our own opinion, but also 
you know, to actually look at what trends are coming. So we're going to talk about error leveraging AI, and we're also going to talk about new ways to improve accessibility in systems and marketing. These are our panels for this cohort. And then we can also change them and evolve them and allow our students or our graduates, I should say, to come back and maybe be part of these panels too and share what they've learned and some of their expertise, which to me is so powerful. And the reason why I love this is because actually it ties really well with today's episode as well. Because uh, today you're going to meet John. John McManus and I go way back. And actually, one of the things we talk about so much is learning from our customers through one-to-one conversations and the importance of understanding what they need and what their pain points are. And this is, again, the only reason why I am confident about the changes that we made is because we have learned them through asking the right questions, listening, and kind of implementing what our students need. And John is really great at that. Steph, would you like to hear a bit more about what we're going to hear today? Of course. I always want to know more. Well, cricket. That's what we're going to talk about. Oh, I have no (laughs) idea about anything about cricket. Actually, what we're going to look at is what cricket and marketing have in common, or at least going to try and make that connection because Steph, just like yourself, have no idea of anything related to cricket. So you will have to actually keep on listening to find out what is going on. And obviously meet the amazing John. We're also going to be talking about the evolution of marketing careers, which I think is so powerful and the huge shift from doing yourself to actually managing people. So if you don't know John, John is the managing director at Hux. He also worked as a marketing and branding director at Kind Snacks, Vita Coco, and other amazing brands. And he has a passion for everything marketing and branding. So as we are, I'm getting my fire extinguisher out and I'm ready to start the cohort tomorrow. I want to leave you today with this amazing conversation with John. Thank you so much, as always, Steph, for being here with me to hold in the space. You're very welcome. And we will be back, as ever, next week. In the meantime, may today's class begin. Welcome back, everyone, and welcome, John, to Alt Marketing School. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you for coming. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, pleasant. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for coming to a virtual <laughs> sit down, yeah. which is done from our respective offices. Yes, that's that's how it works these days, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, next time, lucky face to face. Yes, yes, that's uh-huh. that's the date. Actually, fun fact for everyone: I've known John probably for like six to seven years. I actually roped you and. A guy from uh, Hugh from Ugly actually into one mm-hmm. workshop for brands, I believe. We're going back like yeah, six to seven years, and we actually met in person mm. that time. I don't know if you remember that. I'm pretty sure. Hopefully, <laughs> I do. It was it, it was it was it was a good set. It was about social and influencers and and community, right? I think I think that was it. And at the time, you were working for Kind as well, so it was really interesting because obviously I know you've been working for so many brands and in so many iterations, and and I just mm-hmm. love that we kind of were. Well, at the time, I find we're going to talk about a lot of it today, I'm supposing, but where social and influencers were still kind of new, like social was there, mm. but people were using it a lot differently and influencers were very new. So it's kind of funny mm. to see. Probably if we had the same event, I think we'll talk about a lot of different things, a lot of different things as well. Oh, my God. So much has changed since then. <laughs> I would not be able to do that job now. I'm you. I'd be so out of touch. <laughs> Well, then today we're going to explore all the things, you know, John. So I hope you are ready. 
actually one thing that I hope you know is one of our icebreaker questions. So let's let's hope that one we are clear on, which is we're gonna go even back, further back than seven years ago. I wanna know, John, what was the first job you had and what did you learn from it? So well, my my first first job was, was a paper round. Um and I tell you what, I didn't learn anything from that because I lasted about three weeks. But my second first job was I worked at, um, I actually worked at a Chinese restaurant and it was crazy. It was the busiest, most hectic, incredible place to have your first job at. And I'm, I, people think I'm joking when I say that, but I learned an incredible amount about taking pride in your work, in people management, in customer service there was so much stuff and i was like 16 15 16 so yeah it was a bit bit of an odd one that that one but i loved it <laughs> you know what i find that when i ask this question depending on people as well but i find a lot of people i'm going to put it in the same generational pool just kind of assuming but mm-hmm. like a lot of hospitality jobs as well were some of the things that we started at i keep telling people that my second job my second third job but the first in the uk was nando's so i was i was hustling to try and become a music journalist and then i was working at nando's and honestly i learned so much from that job but just as you said similar to what you said about just you know showing up and doing it and loving it even if you're like well it's not necessarily like what i want to do for the rest of my life but you really see the commitment and actually working with a team and a crew so yeah hospitality can teach you a lot man on it, and also there's always, I mean, whether it's like a chain like Nando's or like an independent place, there's always someone that's on the hook for the results. And in hospitality, that's you can see it by how many people are walking through your door. So immediately you learn like, okay, this is going to be a good day or a bad day for the business. And uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have realized that unless I'd done it, I don't think. I love that. I love that. And now I'm actually going to literally take and go on a 180 sort of shift and actually ask you about you know, something you're passionate about, hopefully, which is if you could choose, John, one trivia category, you know, that you think you'd be really good at, what would that one be and why? It can be anything. Um, <laughs> it would probably be English cricket in the last 10 years <laughs> because I'm a little bit, a little bit obsessed with cricket. I think it's the best sport in the world. So it's not particularly uh, intellectual. I'm sorry about that, but um, it would probably be that. <laughs> you know what? To be honest, you probably have to make uh, like you have to make a case with me. You would have a field day with me because you, you would need to even explain to me not what is cricket. I understand. I understand what it is as a sport and understand what it is as people just kind of like chilling and watching it for hours on a Sunday. But for me, when I look at it, I just don't get it. So, John, I'm so sorry. I still don't get cricket. I will need you to do me a one-on-one and just make it exciting oh, for honestly, me. honestly, <laughs> you are you, you, you're not the only one. Don't worry. I think it's it's one of those things where I, I my best friends don't like it, but that's just something we don't have in we don't have in common, right? I, I love it. I love every format of it. I love the characters and the storylines, but it's not for everyone. I get that. I love that. Well, you know, you know, you never know. It might be that you're going to introduce us to cricket in one way or another. Maybe you're going to throw some analogies. You know, when it comes to marketing and cricket, I'm I was just... about to say. <laughs> I was about to say. I'll try and I'll try and weave in some some phrases and stuff as we go along. <laughs> cricket analogies for marketing. That's that's the first. I would yeah. I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now going into the marketing side of it, 
Obviously, one of the things that we do at Alt Marketing School is really encouraging people to market to hearts, not to brains. So it's all about adding the human touch, that psychology, understanding why people love things and mm. connect with things. So based on the work that you do, even in general, you know, like the reason why you're passionate about the work that you do, what does making a positive impact on your audience or customers mean to you and why? Well, I mean, especially now. So I think if I go throughout my career, I've mostly until this year been very involved in like health, health food brands, whether it's Vita Coco to Kind Snacks and, um, and other brands as well. Like those are, those are generally better for you products. So it always was this feeling like, okay, if, if someone is buying, consuming one of our products, we've, we've landed a message that is about better for you and having a better impact on them and their, their lives and routines. Um, I think today where the brands I work on are mostly digital DC brand, sorry. And um, it is, you know, so clear for us to see like, okay, these guys are buying against this set of criteria. And f- for the, for the brands I work in, especially my main one, Hux is around people investing in their health. So it's a little bit like we love it because we're having a great impact on, on them, but we also wouldn't be selling anything. We wouldn't be bringing in new consumers if we weren't landing that message or having that positive impact. So it's a little bit of everything for me, a bit of, bit of do or die um, with, with, with that side of things. I love that. Now I have another curiosity question on the back of that. Did you find that the reason why you shifted, as you say, from being in-house for some of these health companies and food and then kind of going into now where you say there's a bit more of a varied aspect, but still there's an element of health in some of the brands, especially huts. Mm. Was this conscious or was this more like because of how the industry's changed? I just find that coming from a health and wellness industry, that's how, again, we met. Mm-hmm. And then now I moved into obviously wanting to really teach marketing and kind of hone that when it comes to the space, regardless mm-hmm. of the industries. I just found that I think a lot of people that were in that wellness bubble kind of mm-hmm. shifted. It's almost like it was a rite of passage, maybe because of where we were in the UK. I think there was such a big explosion that there were such a wealth of jobs and opportunities there that that was the mm-hmm. case. Or was it more just like it just happened? Was it more like a natural progression when it came to like where you wanted to go with the brands you wanted to help? No, I, I would say it was pretty natural because I have worked with some some brands in the last year that haven't been health focused, like Candy Kittens, for example, would be one. Um, but you do gravitate to what you know, don't you? And your your interests go to what you know and what you want to go deeper in a certain area. At least it does for me. So it was a little bit of a natural progression. But I do think, and I've been like this since I was three years old, four years old, five years old. Like I'm obsessed with brands. I am I am a brand nerd. So um, if it's a cool brand and the mission sort of connects with me and I can sort of see their route to success, then that's enough for me. It doesn't necessarily have to be health focused, but it's definitely a route I've gone down for sure. Yeah, I can't can't deny that. Okay, then one class in section is happening. So class is in session and I kind of feel like we're gonna learn a lot about brands now. That's just kind of the vibe that I'm getting based on that. Or cricket, if you want to throw me a curveball, and that's going to be what we're going to talk <laughs> about for the next three questions. We'll see. We'll see. Sure. I put a challenge yeah. on, so we'll see how it happens. Um, love it. But I would love you to teach us one thing. We're going to start with that. What is the one thing that you can teach our students and our lovely listeners? Hello, again, nice to have you. In one minute or so. So if you're just about over a minute, 
What can you teach our students or listeners? So the one thing I would say, and I learned this pretty recently versus the rest of my career, and I think that's probably the digital aspect coming into it as well. But um, when you read in a book or someone tells you about, oh, speak to your speak to your consumers, speak to your customers, ask them questions, that is not that is not some buzzwordy statement. You are going to learn more in those one-to-one statements or surveys or um, conversations than you ever will do through bigger campaigns or bigger internal meetings and brainstorms. So if you can identify 10 customers, as little as 10, and you can have conversations and ask them questions about why, why they're shopping the category or why they're going into these brands, it's for me it was a it was like a light bulb moment the amount of things you had validated or you had um learnt in those sessions was more so than i did in the previous couple of years so uh but the thing the thing i the reason i say that right is because coming up through your career and you you'll you'll know this as well Fab, like you read all this stuff in books and you hear about it in podcasts and people on the tv tell you like oh speak to your first hundred consumers and speak to your uh you know um your most loyal customers you never do well, no, the, the good ones do, but I never did, ever. In my in first seven or eight years, I've never spoke to these consumers. In the last 18 months, I have done, and I am I feel like I'm a be- better marketer for it. I think that might have been over a minute, maybe. But. Nah, I mean, um, it's kind of funny because then when we watch it on YouTube, you actually can see the little timer. So, you know, we'll just, oh. just, just keep like lingering on the 59 seconds for a while. But I love that. And you give yeah. us context as well. So I would say the lesson was in there. And then you give us a bit of context after that, which I appreciate. And I love that you mentioned this because actually, yes, I'm going to do a shout out. Uh, we have our amazing Kate Borgren as well was on the podcast. And she is from the customer camp. She also has a newsletter called mm-hmm. While We Buy. And we talked about uh, buyer psychology and consumers' behaviors in our podcast and within that podcast but also a lot of the work she does she talks about something called review mining so i don't know if you know it because i was literally reading about it again today it just came out Mm -hmm. Uh, and review mining if people don't know what it is is another way if for example again you're not made a practice yet of talking to customers even if i agree with john do it get into that kind of practice of talking to people asking but what I love about review mining, you can also go and look at what other people are saying about other products that are within your reach of competitors and also within your space, mm. because mm. you can learn so much from what they love, what they hate, what they see, and also the way they talk about how something is effective or not for them. Plus, even just the words. Mm. I think that's something that you mentioned, but I want to reiterate because I love that you mentioned it. It's not just what you learn also from them, but it's also what you learn about how they speak about, you know, your field, the problem that you're solving, your product itself, and also whether you are matching that. You know, sometimes we talk about a lot in marketing, like if we talk Mm. to high end and you're trying to talk to beginners, then beginners are not going to be able to understand. They're not going to be able to relate. And I think it's so important. So that's a good one. Thank you. I like that one. I'll tell you what I'd add to that as well because I to- totally check everything you've just said, is, <laughs> is, um, is the, the review stuff for us at Hux, for example, has been really, really interesting because we've been getting reviews, you know, you get, you get reviews every day. And the tone of voice that you can start to pick up as the reviews start to rack up has taught us loads. And again, that was something I probably didn't realize before. Now you always look, okay, especially if it's a complaint, okay, are they really passionate about this or is this something they're just trying to pick a hole in? 
you know, you can you can start to hone your skills in that side as well. So, um, yeah, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out that review mining because I've not heard that phrase before. Um, I'm interested in that. It's a really great concept, and it's again, it goes back to exactly what you said as well. And it's just, especially if you're starting out, if you have a new product and you don't know really how to go about it, and you can have a pool of people, that's a great way to start. Again, shout out to Kate again because she Caitlin is amazing. Uh, she's great when it comes to this. So it's all from her po- our podcast together when we were chatting about it. Uh, now, <clears throat> a bit different. We're going a bit of left field here. John, what is something you unlearned recently? And how did it improve either your life or your work or both? Mm, that's a really good question. I think... Maybe I'll give you one that I'm, a, I'm unlearning. I can feel I'm unlearning at the moment. Maybe not. Maybe I'm not there yet, but I think um, being more considered in feedback to, um, well, not to, with everything. So, and I suppose just to give you give you some examples, some context. So, you know, working as I do now, I'm working with a brand new brand as well as established brands. And every day you're giving feedback to team members or to, or to agencies or content creators. And I think my, my feedback with brands like Kind Snacks were immediate because I knew the brand so much. Like that was my baby, right? I launched it into the UK. Like I knew exactly what we wanted to, needed to do. I knew the message. Like no one knew that brand better than I did. So if I got some piece of work sent to me or I was showing something, I just knew it straight away. I knew not what I wanted to say. But now I'm, I'm trying to take it, review it, write some immediate notes, come back to them and just be more considered in my feedback. And I'm not there yet because I think it's, it's, a, it's a muscle, right? You have to sort of build over time. But I'm finding if, I, if I've got more clarity, others have got more clarity. Um, and uh, you can move quicker, you know, if, if that's the case. But as I said, I'm not there yet. I think my the way I give feedback is pretty quick and direct, and it's a journey. But I would say that's the one I'm trying to unlearn at the moment. I I love that, and I think it's hard to unlearn something like this until you have enough experience under your belt, if that makes sense. Because you need to receive yeah, and you know you have to receive and give feedback a lot before you learn actually how to do it more effectively. Right. Which means you can't do it until you work with teams or around people for a long time. And from how you're working mm. right now. But also in general, I think most marketers and professionals, we're so hybrid in the way that we work. We might work on different things, different roles, more permanent, more freelance, more project-based. So actually, I think we have to learn how to give feedback just because we have so many more people to talk to constantly and kind of like communicate with, you know? So it's a great skill. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I'll tell you when I get there. I'm not there yet. (laughs) Well, you said it you manifested it here with us that you actually are working on it and that's all the matters accountability is queen if you say so myself so this that's good this is it now john you have one more chance to put a quicker reference in there and this is what is the biggest lesson that a teacher or a mentor has taught you yeah so for me this is this is the sort of um easy one and hope hopefully this is going to be relevant to you to you know your team and your members and your and your students but as you go throughout your marketing career, you are going to, there's going to be a shift. And then your shift is going to be doing 
and achieving through your own work and through, through your own hours to achieving through others. And that is a shift that every marketer climbing the ladder will go through because you have team members that come under you, you have agencies, you have content creators that are going to be answering your brief, your guidance. But what, what that comes with is um, a change in recognition that you get. Do you know what I mean? And that can, us marketers have egos, right? And we like the egos to be um, massaged every now and again. And ultimately that slows down because you're achieving through others and you need to be able to be comfortable, but also get passionate about that. So my, my old boss who I currently working with now actually at Hux, he told me that very, very early on, he was like, you need to get passionate about achieving through others. And I think especially with marketing more so than any other category, um, category, sorry, any other department that is more, more relevant than ever. Because as you said earlier, Fab, like the amount of, people and messages and projects that we need to we need to own versus someone in sales or finance there's so much, that much more you know that, that you have to be able to let people run on their own and, and sort of um you know let the leash out a tiny bit but i found that really hard because i was like always the one that was like okay i'll just do it myself i'll just do it myself let me do this let me i know again like i said was kind i know exactly what we wanted to do needed to do the whole time but in time, it was it was about bringing people on that journey, making them the owners of their destiny, and yeah, ultimately like living through their achievements um, and being comfortable with you know the fact that that was the best thing for the business and the brand. I love that. It's got my brain went weird way, so I'm gonna now for a reference myself because I love this, and I love what your boss said to you. But obviously now you said it to me as well, which is the idea of like actually getting passionate about achieving through others. I think that's such a great way to encapsulate that. But then I got this weird reference in my head because we do every so often kind of go through the ranks of all our students and the journey that we go from, I think about Jedi vibes, you know, like kind of so it's like going from mm-hmm. an apprentice and a novice <laughs> all the way to mastery, like. A little cute kind of Yoda, but baby Yoda forever. So it's kind of like a weird combo. But but you know what I mean? I can see weird, but that's the reference that I can see. And I think that's the thing when you start managing people and actually kind of looking at them. I think I agree. It's like stroking your ego every so often, but also remembering that that's not what it is about. And yes, it's true. I think marketers do so much, as you said. And then when you're like, when you actually start delegating is finding the balance between also like appreciating others, making time for that leadership piece and also recognizing that you're still doing the work. Because I feel sometimes you can be like, am I actually doing anything? It's actually, you no, know, yeah, you're Dude. doing a lot, but you're letting other people yeah. taking some of that so that you can do things better as well, I find. This is it. This is it. That's a great point around that imposter syndrome sneaking in, right? Around like, mm. oh, like, what do I actually do? I don't feel like I'm... Don't feel like I'm doing this. No, you're doing loads. But <laughs> you, it's different to what you were doing five years ago. You're not sat at a, a screen trying to smash out 20 emails and, before the end of the day, right? That's, that's, that's not your role anymore. And I don't, you know, it'd be really interesting to hear from your students because I spent the last year working with founders. And this is a big problem founders have. Is they get to a certain point where they hire a team and they bring in people to do stuff, but they cannot let them not take control, but like own stuff and, you know, really achieve their own thing. So um, I think it, it's not just about going through the ranks of a traditional marketing team. It's in startups and it's with founders and lots of different ways that this can sort of manifest. Love that. And thank you so much for mentioning that because 
casual reference there. But that's exactly the reason why we started the school as well, because I think the leadership piece is something that not just me, also our teachers are super passionate about, which is without understanding and educating on the leadership piece, how to become more of a leader, how yeah. to understand your role in a team. You actually add so much value to your marketing career, regardless of whether it's full-time, part-time, project-based, you know? So that's why we focus so much on it when it comes to the certification, because we really want to make sure that that happens for them. They get that confidence because they already jumpstart your career without even being about, oh, now I know how to do, you know, like uh, Google ads in a more sophisticated way. That leadership piece is so much more valuable in the longer run, in my humble opinion. In the long run. Yeah. No, no, I agree. (laughs) You know what I mean? I really do, yeah. Yeah. Yay. We got the seal of approval from John as well. Um, (laughs) Excellent. And also want to say, like, if you are in that stage of managerial role and you're interested in knowing a bit more about that, I just want to do one more call back to another great episode with Jackie Bavaro, Mm. who was one of the PMs at Asana, among other things. We had last season, Mm -hmm. we had them on. And she's great about actually talking about that level of understanding your career growth and also how to step into a managerial role. Because there are some people that might be, as you say, in that too. Yeah, it's quick. It's quick fire. John, we've got two elements of quick fire. The first one is a this or that section. So I hope we're ready for that. Okay. Quick. Okay. okay, And then we've got a couple more questions. This or that. First one, Spotify playlist or podcast? Podcast. One podcast that you'd recommend? Just if it um, comes... Well, yeah, not to go down too much of a rabbit hole, but <laughs> I I overdosed on business podcasts, and and um, not actually no, not so much business podcasts, but like the self development podcast. Mm, yeah. you know that that's what. And I turn around one day. I was like, "What? Am I? I, everyone's got a different opinion. Everyone's got a different message." So I actually go down the, the comedy route at the moment, just to switch off. So my 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 favorite one is it's called Off Menu. Um, <gasps> oh my god, Off Menu! Um, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's not. I, I always tell people, it's like, oh, I've been listening to this great podcast, Off Menu. They're like, yeah, we know everyone is. <laughs> I still love it. So. No, it's a great recommendation. Yeah. Absolutely, everyone, especially if you're not in the UK, I think is also a bit more in the UK just because overall the type of guests and then we got Ed Gamble and James A. Caster, you know? So yeah. if you're listening, yeah, you're true. not in the UK, check it out. Talks about food, obviously, but there's also a lot of fun and the guests are excellent. So excellent recommendation. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay, back to the quick fire. Sorry, I tangented there. Um, voice note. No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> voice note or text? voice note and anyone of my mates or colleagues or you know associates listen to this they will know i'm a voice note person always <laughs> always like they kind of look and they see the three dots and they're like a voice note is coming oh no yeah <laughs> and i've and i've been known to i've been known to rack them up you know two three minutes long ones. That's, it's, i'm bad for it i mean for anyone that needs to know Slack actually has a transcript element within it. So if you do voice notes in Slack, at least it's got a transcript because I read transcripts from Does voice notes. Really? Yeah, because I can't, I, I just can't. I, I'm a fast reader. So I'm just like, read it through Slack. Yeah, it's got a transcript on it. Okay, excellent. that's good to know. You're welcome. Carousels <laughs> or reels? Reels. Reels. Nice. Yeah, I think so. So this might be hard then. YouTube or TikTok? YouTube. I love YouTube so much. Have you always yeah, loved YouTube love or is it more like something that, because I feel like a lot of people actually eased more into it recently, but I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I can relate to that. I think um, the quality has obviously increased. Production quality, I mean, mm. um, the algorithm that good now that you just, just they know what you want to see. So I love YouTube. We're also going to get into, we're going to invest pretty heavily on YouTube shorts in uh, in 2023 with Hux. Um, we're going to make a pretty big bet on that. But yes, I have TikTok, but I can't say I use it. <laughs> I will be honest. First of all, obviously, there is an element of repurposing depending on what you do when it comes to the shorts. So that's that. Like, but I think, honestly, even for us, like, if you're watching this right now, hi, you're watching it on YouTube because we're now also cross-posting on YouTube. So that's the thing. We decided to get this done and then it became 2023 instead of 2022, but we wanted to go on YouTube ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think it just, when you are doing something educational, people will get to know us. It just makes sense for a lot of brands. It's actually a great transition. So I can see you two becoming mm. a bigger channel on a mainstream level instead of that kind of addition that maybe you want to look into it more than for followers mm. just mm. to actually get that brand awareness and connection. So watch out, people. Yeah. I said it here. I think it's going yeah. to happen more and more in 2023. That's just me. Mm, I agree. Memes or audio trends? Memes. Always. Memes, memes, memes. I love it. Always. Is there a fame? Do you know? Do you, I think that, um, probably. Do you know what? Probably not. But I do think it's a generational thing, maybe, because memes have been around a while. But this this audio thing is quite new, right? Mm-hmm. And I think about if I if ever I do go on TikTok, it's very audio trend heavy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, versus you know what we're used to on on memes and everything like that. So. Um, yeah, I think I think for me, I, I hope I never grow out of that. <laughs> I think memes also have evolved as well. Like you went from more obviously they're still like the, the hard and kind of basic one, but then you also have some pop culture memes. Like we actually did a few. We, just to give you an idea, we did one in um, in December about um, White Lotus. We actually did like a little kind of like memes, like kind of marketers with White Lotus, which was that famous uh, TV show um because yep. obviously it just came natural so that's the thing like memes i think have evolved and and that's the beauty of it as well so we have the old school ones that are kind of like just very relatable and then we've got the ones that are a bit more tongue-in-cheek and pop culture driven mm. i don't think they're gonna go anywhere mm. i don't think i think we're safe no, i agree <laughs> we're all safe last but not least newsletter or twitter oh that's a uh, close one but i'd say just twitter nice i'll spend more time but i do like i do like newsletters i am a bit of a sucker for if if two or three brands that I follow send me their their weekly newsletter or something, I'll I'll read that. But I am on Twitter more, I'd say, just because of well, for obvious reasons, right? The scrolling the scrolling <laughs> addiction. But um, that's yeah, just just about. Nice, nice. Well, we survived the this or that, so. Yeah, claps to us. Yeah. It, was a, it was just about a longer this or that than usual, but, you know, I, li- I like to take it that Sorry, way. Sorry, that's my bad. <laughs> nah, it's my yeah. bad. It's tangents. I'm the tangent queen. I should have a little crown coming down now. Anyway, um, now I have, again, the final quick fires. So these are actually questions. The first one, which is one that I always love to hear more about, is what would be your favorite underrated tool for you as a marketer? What would be one that you would mm. choose as an underrated tool? Um, oh my god, I'm going to sound so simple here now, but uh, so I use a Mac, I use a Mac laptop, and the the notes, you know, the notes tool or whatever you call it, you know, the program. Yeah. Um, it, it has like a it has like a checkbox thing you can do, so you can tick off tasks, and I use it every day, 
every single day I use. And I and all you hear about all this Asana and Trello and <laughs> all these things, I'm like, no, just give me a give me the simplest possible. <laughs> There's something to be said there though. I think you like you're actually reminding us that sometimes some of the tools actually in the systems that we choose, if they're not serving us right and we just use them because we think we're supposed to use them based on how we work within teams or the teams that we're in, mm-hmm. we need to choose something that works for everyone or that works the best way for us. So, you know, I think that's a good reminder of that instead of going for what, you know, apparently looks better because it's not the case. Now, um, yeah. John, what is the last picture you took on your phone? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you right now. I'm pretty sure it's a packaging. <laughs> um, that's all of, it is. It is. It's a, it's, it's a piece of packaging. Obsessed. I'll just show you right there. I don't know if you can see that, but it's, uh, we can see, I think so. We, yeah. We, it's, um, yeah, there you go. That's probably a bit better photo. Um, we are we're in the process of looking at our packaging at the moment, so I've been on the hunt for a good packaging. Obsessed. But that, I, I'm aware that that makes me, you know, a sad act, but that's okay. that's okay. You did you did tell us like your your brand nerd, your passion, but so you know I wouldn't expect anything else. So that's good. Um, now maybe we're not ready the yeah. answer because you kind of hinted at it. But what's your favorite social media platform at the moment and why? It's just a bit of a double-edged sword. So it is, it is, I would say it's still Instagram. And um, not because of the... I never go on the feed, right? You know, the, all your friends and family. And I, I don't go... I just go on the discovery stuff, uh, discovery page. And it's really interesting, right? Because I've recently done up, done up a house. I've recently, um, you know, done some stuff with, with Hux on design. And it didn't take me long through my searches on Instagram for that to be my discovery page. So I found it a really useful tool. I would say, I think on, I would say like net net, I think Instagram is negative. I would, I would to society and, you know, I don't think it's an energy giver. I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a great thing for us to have in society, but in terms of how it's helped me recently, I think it has, it has helped me. And then, all the other social media tools, I could probably give up fairly easily, to be honest, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm being honest. But I don't think I've got there yet, just in terms of uh, my commute and stuff still needs to be filled with something, right? I like that you're using Instagram like a Pinterest board, like a Pinterest inspiration. I, I like that idea, actually, kind of looking at it that way and make it, we don't spend enough time, or we don't spend a lot of time on the Explore feed, but I think there's some really cool stuff that you can learn from there, actually. It, it is, and you know what I'd say was 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 um, I don't know, quote unquote, better than Pinterest was was because I've used Pinterest in the past as well. But I, I think it was more a case of you really have to spend time on Pinterest, searching, going around different places. Like Instagram fed me stuff within a day. You know, it was so quick to, to and it's scary, right? Because I know it's all algorithm based, but for me, it was helpful, like for, for sure. Yeah, I love that the fact that most people hate about Instagram that is they cannot see what you know, the, what is happening from the people they follow. You actually love the exact contrary, which is that the algorithm shows you other things that you might be interested in. But that kind of shows you how actually we can be aware of our behaviors and make things work for us instead of against us a bit more. That's how I see it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there somebody we should follow? And I know now maybe what we're question, but maybe from your Explore page, is there anybody that we should follow then on Instagram, a new person for us to look up to? Do you know what? I'm going to say no. And the reason I'm going to say no is because I don't, I, you know, 
I make a conscious effort not to try and follow people and and spend more time on Instagram and people's pages and and sort of you know live that sort of life of comparison. So I'm gonna maybe I'll maybe I'm the first person to say no, but I'll say I'll say uh, no. <laughs> that's that's totally fine. Again, as I said, literally what we're talking about, I was expecting that since we're like we're kind of like surfing through the explore page anyway but i love that concept and kind of that idea yeah. of going completely against the tide with that now my last question for you <clears throat> is if you could broadcast one message onto everyone's phones what would that one be what would it say hmm i think it would be just once just what a singular one or yeah i mean it can be long yeah. it can be short so yeah i i think for me it would be around um it would be around investing in your health and i don't necessarily mean mental health i don't necessarily mean physical health but like whatever you see as health i think investing in it through um action or you know monetary investment or however you you see your health being improved that would be my message and um you know yes i am involved in a a health supplement startup so that's one one side of where my head is going but i i do think people people are healthier they're happier if we're happier society's in a better place right so I, it would be around investing your health today i love that oh, thank you so much that was super easy again Still a bit disappointed with him throwing like a, I cannot even make a cricket reference. So I'm just going to kind of like shift my head back and forth. I was going to say though, I was going to say, how do you, how do you know I haven't put one in? <gasps> no. <laughs> now rewatch this. You're, you're... <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't, but I should have. I should have. <laughs> like the, the final message would have been like, you know, something very niche and specific. It would be like, mm-hmm. But I like what you said. I yeah. think it's a lot more impactful than a random reference. Um, but thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for, for joining us and, and sharing a lot of your wisdom. I love actually how you also, I think you really give some support also to some of the professionals that are at that stage of figuring out their evolution and their growth in the marketing. So it's a great place mm. to start the year, I'd say. Mm. No. Hey, listen, thank you. Um, thank you so much. I think it's, it's really interesting what you're doing. And I think... Um, If I could have added any value, I'm, I'm buzzing about that. So, yeah, thanks for having me. No worries. Well, now tell us where people can find out more about you. If they have a question about anything, including, yes, I'm going to say one more time, cricket, where should they go? Yeah. So I, I, I would say I'm most, I, I can be found most on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on, on chatting to new people on LinkedIn. So definitely DM me if you want to chat. Let's talk all things marketing or anything. My business is called Hux Health we make supplements from when you wake up to when you go to sleep um and yeah i'm on all the other channels but those are the two that i would say i'm, I'm most uh most available on fantastic thank you so much again john and as always we hope you enjoyed this class and we'll be back next week class is missed thank you so much for listening head to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spread the love on Instagram at Alt Marketing School. Until next time.